0: As a lifelong marketing guy, Brian, sadly, I have to say, yes, that every oops email you get, it, in some cases, was a planned oops email. (laughs) From the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth
1: Magazine podcast with your host, Brian Boyd. This is the Church Growth Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Brian Boyd, and sitting with me today, Chris Rainey. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Brian. It's morning here. Now, when you're listening to it, it could be any time, but we decided to get up early and grab this because Chris is a busy guy, and he works 40 hours a day. At least, minimum, 40 hours a day. Minimum. Chris is an expert in, in digital marketing and and especially email marketing. So today, uh, you know, we thought we'd discuss email marketing. This magazine is dedicated to helping churches and church leaders with tactics to help them grow their churches. So, you know, beyond um, uh, other traditional ways, uh, digital marketing and email marketing is, is certainly key. Um, email's still a, a good way to reach people, Chris?
0: Absolutely. Uh, j- just as you're saying that, Brian, I was, I was thinking about people who are listening to this and what, putting myself in their shoes, and, and maybe thinking, who reads email anymore? Um, there's there's social media. And there's text messaging and some people actually still talk with each other on a thing called a phone, uh, while other people call it a camera. Um, and there's messaging apps, but the, uh, the, the, the numbers don't lie and the data doesn't lie and people still are using email. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, so I, I remember my first email address. It was an MCI mail address. Do you remember MCI mail? M- no. Wow. It, pre- it it predated CompuServe. How about CompuServe? Yeah, CompuServe was my first. Yes. Okay. Okay. So MCI, MCI mail had an email address and it was a bunch of digits. And uh, I think I had a. I don't know if I had a PC XT or something like that, <laughs> but then, but, but thinking about email where we've come, you know, CompuServe mail was my, was one of my first email accounts as well. And, and now I have probably 10 or 15 email addresses right. all funneling into one email account. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, you know, Gmail has taken over as the platform for, for many corporations and in individuals. Um, and these platforms do a pretty good, pretty good job of weeding out spam. So how, how do churches, you know, what, what tools can they use to get their message through to somebody or do they automatically get picked up as spam in some cases?
0: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I think that's a, that's a super important uh, point for churches and ministries to understand is that just because you hit send on your email, doesn't mean it makes it to the inbox of the intended person. Um, So one of the things that uh, that you always want to do is partner with an email marketing platform um, that has a good reputation with internet service providers. And Mm -hmm. I know we're throwing around a lot of Terms, but the, the internet service provider is uh, is really the middleman. That's the that's the person um, that you know. Maybe in some places it's AT and T or it's Verizon or it's Spectrum. It's any one of those big uh, telecom companies that um, sit between you and the internet, between you and email. And by partnering with an email marketing platform. Um, and just to throw out some examples, these aren't endorsements or necessarily recommendations, but just to give sure. the listeners an idea of what I'm talking about, um, some of the more popular ones are MailChimp, uh, Constant Contact, Active Campaign, um, and there's, there are a, a lot of others uh, that are, are providers. But the, the important thing is to, uh, to use one of those. Because mm-hmm. they have built a, a relationship and a reputation with, uh, with the internet service providers. And so, um, so that's the first thing that, uh, that you're going to want to do. And, and then there's some other things that we can get into that help um, boost your send reputation that gives you a better yeah. chance of getting to the inbox.
1: So if, if I'm a church and I already have a, a donor management platform or a CRM mm-hmm. is my email marketing built into that already or do I need to buy, you know, partner with a separate company for email? Sure. Marketing?
0: So in some cases uh, it is, I know with uh, a lot of the ministries that that I've worked with in the past, um, they've had their own donor management system. It's had email built into it. Um, my. uh my suggestion on that would be to have someone on your team, uh, if it's not you, who can look at the analytics and the metrics to ensure that your emails are being delivered, they're being opened, um, they're not just being sent to a, a spam folder or caught in a in a junk mail filter. So. Perfectly fine. I mean, the, the more that you can keep all your data in one place so that you can, uh, so that you can use it in multiple ways and, and keep it clean. Right. So you're not having to export lists and import lists into another system. Um, you're not having to go through a lot of gymnastics to, uh, keep your, keep your list nice and clean. Uh, that's always, that's always the best. So,
1: Right. So the, uh, we're going to talk in a minute about, about the top mistakes churches make in email marketing, right? So I'm going to just tease that coming up next is the top mistakes that churches make and how, how you can fix those. Um, but in, in your career of, of doing email marketing, have you ever made any mistakes yourself? Have you, ever, have you ever hit the button and said, oh, my goodness, what did I just do? Can you give us an I really example? I can't, Brian. It's been a
0: pristine career of uh, over 20 years. Of okay, marketing. well, then we'll just close
1: this up. <laughs> Thanks so much, Chris. God bless. So,
0: you know, there's been at least a few, um, and that's yeah. giving myself uh, – that's being generous. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Uh, you know, it – it's so, uh, it's so easy to do. I, I, I just recently was doing, um, uh, an email campaign during the holiday season. This is for a for-profit company and, um, we had segmented a portion of our list. We had a great offer and it was, uh, it was a weekend only sale. So, we were sending email to people on a Friday night. It was, you know, we had a sense of urgency. You need to come and and purchase because the sale is going to end in 48 hours. And so, it's Friday night and things are moving fast. And the team I'm working with had built the email, had checked it for typos, everything. And the email was sent. And I always get a copy of the email in in all of my multiple email boxes. And so it's about sure. seven o'clock at night, and I open my email, and it says the sale ends tonight. Uh, but uh, it was Friday night; the sale wasn't actually ending until Sunday night. So we had had we had had this oh, automation no. set up so that we didn't have to work all weekend. Uh, well, that plan was burned um and and so the wrong email went out now yeah so friday night's email was supposed to say starting tonight through sunday yeah and instead sunday night went out so we had to backtrack and send another email on saturday morning saying hey just kidding the sales going (laughs) so i mean
1: okay but it's okay to send a. It's okay to send an oops email saying, "Hey, we made a mistake." I, I got one from Chick Fil A. Yeah. So let me say
0: something about oops emails. I've been in the biz a long time. Okay. Please. So what's what's a noop, what's an oops? email yeah. e- For those so what's an oops? An oops email? email is what I just talked about. So, so it is when you make a legitimate mistake in sending out an email, and then you send a follow up email to apologize and clarify what was in the email so um, you know I mean in the setting of a you know uh, a church it it could be um, you know the the Easter play email goes out and it has the wrong time you know the the Easter play is supposed to start at 11 but the email said it's starting at one because someone didn't press the number one twice. Sure. So, so then you could, you, you right. know, obviously you want to send out another email and apologize and, and then make things right. But please don't send out emails unless an oops email, unless it's real. Cause that's just, that's just not good communication practice. It, it doesn't build trust and
1: confidence in the people getting your email. So people are sending them out just as an excuse, as an excuse to send out a second email. As a
0: lifelong marketing guy, Brian, sadly, yeah, yeah. I have to say yes. That every oops email huh, you okay. get, it, in some cases, was a planned oops email. Yeah. Okay, so
1: that's not a, that's not a tactic for endorsing natural exactly. growth. Magazine. Never. Okay, all right. What's up? but we're about ready to talk about top mistakes churches make in email marketing. But one of the questions that I've gotten a lot here at the magazine is, is what is a good open rate? So right. first of all, an open rate is when someone actually Correct. reads an email, yes. right? And the email partner you work with has, has a pixel or has code in the email. Yes. So they know it's been opened. Um, how, if I send out, you know, a thousand emails, how many should I expect to get opened? What's a, what's a, I don't sure. even know what the number should so, be.
0: It's, it's going to, it's going to vary. There's, there's different components to the email that will impact that open rate. Um, One is the deliverability, which we talked a little bit about two is the subject line. So making sure that subject line has some curiosity and, you know, uh, and peaks and interest and desire to open the email, Uh, the from, line. Uh, so who is it coming from? If it's coming from Brian at church growth magazine, me as the receiver, I'm going to recognize that because I signed up to receive email. I just didn't get put on a list. Another point for what we can talk about that in a minute. Um, so that from line wants to be recognizable. You don't want to send it from info at first Christian church or webmaster at First Christian Church, you want it to come from a person uh, that people can can recognize. So with all that said, when you have a list where people have opted in, meaning they have signed up and said that they want to receive email from you, they exactly, want this information, then, right. um, then, a, then that list is going to be um, more engaged. And so a good open rate for an engaged list is going to be, um, over 20% on, uh, on average. Okay. Um, I'm usually, I'm usually seeing open rates of 25 to 30%, um, and probably, and, and probably okay. 25%, uh, is, is a really good, uh, realistic number for, uh, for people to measure by, um, you know, and like I said, there's there's other variables, but but those are the main things, and that's what's going to affect it. The you know th- those are the rates that you're going to uh, want to want to measure by.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a impressive number still. Only two or three out of every ten emails read isn't is it huge?
0: I suppose. Did, did you say is huge um, or isn't huge?
1: It, it doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be a big number because then not only am I opening it, but then there's a right. call to action inside the email. So the, of those opens, how many call to actions so occur?
0: On average, you're you know, depending on what that call to action is, you're probably gonna see somewhere between uh you know five and seven percent that, that that click through. Okay. Um, and and perform the call to action. Again, it's, you know, even with your calls to action, it's going to be variable. You know, are you are you just asking people to click through to read more information or are you asking them to click through and make a donation? Because those are two very different calls to action and commitment levels on the part of uh, the reader.
1: Right. Let's move into those those mistakes I've been talking about. What are some of the top mistakes a church can make in their email marketing program.
0: Yeah, so I think the the first one which we touched on earlier, which I'll just mention again here, is making sure that you have an email marketing platform um, that you're not just blind copying everyone. Uh, please don't send your whole list, uh, you know, as a, as just a general email where you paste a a thousand email addresses into a a two line and, and you sent it to everyone. Um, Wow. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that would, uh, you, you, you want to make sure that you have an email marketing platform where you have all of your contacts loaded into that um, where you're able to send to everyone from that. Uh, Second, again, you want to send from, a recognizable human being. Um, and it could be, you know, it could be Jane at First Christian Church, who's the church administrator. In some cases, it could be uh, the pastor at First Christian Church. It's, it basically could depend on the situation and, and what the communication is. Um, but whenever possible, sending from a human is always the preferred route. Um, you want to avoid making the kind of mistakes that, uh, that I made, uh, just, uh, even just a couple of months ago where the wrong information was sent to the list. So, uh, having another set of eyes, even, even then, you know, there's the, there's the potential for, uh, mistakes, but, um, making sure that you have someone else who proofs the email, uh, for typos, for grammar, for the correct information, uh, before it goes out, because, uh, that has an impression, especially, you know, when you're talking about church growth, what kind of, and, and this will kind of go into the next point, what kind of impression are you making on those who receive your email? Um, does it, does it look like it was just thrown together and there was no care given to it and sure. and, and yeah. it was just shot out there or uh, is it, is it really well written and it doesn't have any typos mm-hmm. and the grammar is good and it makes a, a great first impression um, or maybe it's going to people who've been going to church for 20 years. You want them to feel like they're a part of, something that's really solid, right? Not, not something that's just thrown together. And so, um, just those, that attention to detail and email that can make a, that can make a lot of difference. Um, and then I think, you know, another thing is churches can, can be afraid to email to the people on their list, meaning, people get so much email, I don't want to email them too much. I don't want to fill in the blank. And I, I encourage them that, number one, the people on your list, they signed up to get email from you. Either they were at the church sitting in the, in the pew in the chair and they filled out a piece of paper to get email or they went to the website and they signed up. However, they got on your list. They said they wanted to be on the list so they could hear from you so talk right. to them don't don't just you know send emails when it's christmas time and easter and the 4th of july church picnic develop a schedule whether that's once a week twice a month once a month but whatever you do put together a schedule and start really communicating because believe it or not, uh, out of sight, out of mind. And especially when it comes to church growth, you don't want to be out of mind with the people that are considering making your church their home and, and connecting. And so, um, I think, you know, using that email platform to communicate, to add value. And by what I, and what I mean by that is, you know, the content of your email. So, you know, does your, does your church stream your services? Do, does your church have a podcast? Does it have a blog? Does it have articles from uh, the leadership team teaching? think through all of the different pieces of content, the messages your church produces, and then look at how you can put those into an email. Or put snippets into an email so you can direct people back to your church to consume uh, that content. Um, you know, there are some really great examples that I've seen out there of, you know, a, a Sunday morning service that's been captured on audio or video. And, you know, within an hour or two of the service ending, that that service is able to be listened to or viewed online and an email goes out to those on their list that if you miss today's service, here's a link to go watch it. Um, yeah, and perfect. so, yeah. you know, just thinking through those opportunities to, to be in front of people on your email list, to provide them with value, uh, to, to give them things that, that are going to enrich their life. And, um, you know, keeping your message in front of them. I think that is a, that that's definitely a key takeaway, in my opinion. And um, you know, don't don't. Th- Here's the thing: if people don't want to hear from you, mm-hmm. they'll just unsubscribe. <laughs> they'll they'll stop opening the emails. It's it's okay. That, that's right. that's going to happen, but you know, what, what I see, especially within churches and ministries is, um, not a lot of people are unsubscribing, especially people who, who have something as important as their faith and their spiritual health. Um, they're reading those emails, maybe not everyone, but, but they're reading them and they're reading them regularly. And for a church that's giving me Uh, spiritual food and encouragement and inspiration.
1: um, They're on my mind. That's good. I think, and another reason to partner with a a good mail program um, for those listening is, is the unsubscribe process. Right. I, I appreciate when I get an email and if if I'm tired of it, I can hit one button and unsubscribe easily. Right. Um, Just this morning, literally this morning, I got an email from a, a travel agency Company who's trying to get me to use them, and they keep emailing me, Chris, and I can't get them to stop. Um, I'm a little geeky, so I have a magic button in my email that yep. bounces the email back to them as if it was a return to sender. Oh, and so I do that right. because because they don't have an unsubscribe feature on their email. Well, there's no way for me to get off the list. Wow. So and so I yeah I I just bounce the email, and so hopefully that triggers their email system saying, Hey, this is an invalid email address. So that's a, but, re- uh, that's,
0: that's another good point, Brian, because yeah, the, the law of the land, uh, of this, of the United States. Yes. Of the United States. Yeah. And, and, right, and even around the world, uh, um, yeah. is that if you are going to send email, you need to provide people with a way to, unsubscribe just like you described with yes. one one click you can go and you can unsubscribe from uh, a list or you can um ask to receive less emails there there's different right
1: there's different there's still can be there's still some companies that are a little tricky on. That, yeah
0: but. so yeah so that would be another that'd be another great point as part of our discussion is that if you're using an email provider they're going to give you that um if by chance you are you have a in-house system like your your donor management system uh, you want to make sure that that has uh that that's what's called can spam compliant that's the that's the email right. law um yeah. you want to make sure you're compliant because the last thing you need is um you know a fine for
1: emailing someone who didn't want to get email from you yeah and as we've seen even with the robocall act that just went into law on i think at the beginning of this year the beginning of this yeah. month you know i think i think the 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 government is is in the and the providers are cracking down on unwanted calls yep. emails um you know there's there's things like gdpr compliance it's a whole nother conversation but you know this is a <laughs> this is a long there's a lot here and, uh, um, uh, I want to just thank Chris for, for joining me today. Chris really is an expert. He's managed email lists. Probably, uh, there was a ministry you worked at previously. You, you probably had a million, you know, hundreds of yes. thousands in your email yes. list.
0: We, we did a uh, lot of email. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know he's personally raised millions of dollars using email marketing. So he is the expert on this, um, Uh, one of the points I want to go back to on your top mistakes is developing a schedule. There's one um, uh, podcaster I follow that I get an email every Friday. It's called a five bullet Friday email and you can sign up for it. And right up front, he says it's Tim Ferriss, by the way, right up front. He says, Hey, listen, uh, you sign up for the five bullet Friday. Every Friday you'll get just five bullets. That's it. So basically, basically Chris, the whole email is above the fold. The whole thing is on top. And that way you just, you you know, you're not going to be overwhelmed. You can read it quickly. And um, I appreciate that. So that's a neat tactic. Just, you know, you can think about different types of emails, you know, maybe uh, so that, that your audience can get different types throughout the week, not just a, a, a standard email. What were we going to say? Yeah.
0: No, that, that's really good. And I love Tim's email as well. I've, I've been subscribed for a long time. I I think in a, in a church setting, if you think through, like, here's just an idea. If you think through, if you're doing um, a series Mm -hmm. on uh, the fruit of the spirit, you could do uh, a weekly recap or you could at the end of each month or at the end of each series, Uh, You could do a recap in your email and then link to your website where you have those, uh, where you have those messages recorded and and posted, Um, you know, but I, I think that's a, that's a great idea to, to always look for. It's, it's not just making announcements, right? Because I think that's probably for a lot of churches. It's just, Hey, everybody, don't forget. This weekend, Mm -hmm. we're meeting at 10 and Sunday school, and we've got a potluck afterwards. You know, it's like, think bigger than that. Think of how can you, because you are bigger than a potluck for sure. You're there ministering and sharing Christ and sharing the word of God. And so think of your email as another platform to minister Yes, you will communicate information. Yes, you will keep people up to date on schedules. But how do you use email as a ministry tool to those who are considering attending your church or do attend your church?
1: That, you, I'm going to take this away. This is this is Chris what I learned today on our podcast. You are bigger than a potluck.
0: That's That's, that's it, really. That's all I remember from
1: the last 23 minutes. That's that.
0: And I'm launching a podcast, and it's going to be called Your- <laughs> Your exactly. bot luck. And You Are Bigger Than a Botlock.
1: probably trending.
0: And you could probably take that in multiple ways, from waistlines to other things. But anyway. That, that's um, true. It's,
1: it's a new year, and we need to think about our resolutions, et cetera. That's yeah. right. Oh, my well, goodness. Chris, thank you for spending some time with us. I think I think this is a you know, a real tactical way for churches to engage and grow their, 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 their audience and their attendees. Um, you know, last week we talked with, um, a, a social media expert and, and, uh, named Neil Smith. And we talked about, you know, multi-site campuses and social media. So, so, mm-hmm. uh, so those of you listening, you know, you can tie all this together. These all have a common thread of how to communicate and grow your audience. If you have any questions for Chris, or anything about this topic, uh, feel free to email us here at Church Growth Magazine. Uh, you can email me directly, brian at com, And uh, we'll make sure that uh, we get either an answer for you or Chris can reach out to you. Um, he's, he's, he's a great guy and been uh, great to know Chris for, for many years and really is an expert in his field. And uh, it's one thing to be an expert in your field, but also know about churches and have that, have that combination is really unique so so thank you chris for your time today you are welcome thank you brian you got it and for all of us at church growth magazine we will see you next time